Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast with Nicola Canton. Today, we're going to talk about an iPad piano studio mistake I want you to avoid. Well, hello there, beautiful teachers, and welcome to another episode. This month, we're talking all about technology, and I wanted to start with something mm, that comes up a lot that I think teachers don't realize they're doing with the iPad that they wouldn't do in any other area of their teaching. So if you have an iPad in your studio, whether you've had it for a while or you just got one, or you've been thinking about adding an iPad to your teaching, I think you should listen fully to this episode. When you first get that iPad into your hands, it is exciting. New technology is exciting. Here's the thing I want you to pause and think about before we even get into the major mistake. And that is that your students are not as excited by this piece of technology as you are. They might be excited by the things it can do, but I think us older people who didn't grow up with iPads in our hands don't realize how younger people view technology. Technology is not exciting just for its sake. So that buzz you have just around having this item is not the same for the kids that you teach. So that's the first thing I want you to keep in mind as we head into this show. It's not to dampen your excitement about the new piece of tech, because that's fantastic. I'm so glad you've got an iPad, or a new iPad, or you're just excited that you've had one in your studio for ages. But now you need to figure out where it fits in to your teaching. And this is where you could make a big mistake. You could make this just one more thing you need to fit into your lesson plans. This could be one more burden to fit into 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour or whatever you have with your students. Or it could be a fantastic tool to help you teach. The choice here is yours, but if you don't choose, it's going to be the former option. It's going to be one more element to overwhelm you, and I don't want that. The temptation with a new piece of technology like this is to get shiny object syndrome. 
If you, even if you haven't heard this term before, I'm sure you can imagine what it's talking about. We've all experienced this, right? You go after the latest gadget or widgetmatig or whatever, and you use it just because it's new and shiny and exciting, without pausing to think about its purpose. You've seen some teacher using putty in your studio and you want some, or some latest toy craze that they've found a way to use in their teaching. Or you watch a beautiful concert performance from a student and you instantly want the sheet music. But what is the purpose? To what end? If you hear about a new app and immediately think, this will solve my problems, I promise you it won't. How do I know that without knowing what app you're talking about? Because you just saw an app and didn't think about the problem first. If you don't start with an issue that you're trying to solve, you can't solve it because you don't know what you're solving. I told you at the very start that this was about something that you wouldn't do in any other area of teaching. Because you wouldn't. You wouldn't start using a particular method book just because. You wouldn't add a game to your studio just because you saw some other teacher using it, most likely. Or you're at least less likely to do that than you are to do it with apps. But I see this happen with apps all the time. Teachers just think, I need to learn how to use that thing because I've heard about that thing, whether it's GarageBand or Flashnote Darby or anything else. By the way, it's called Flashnote Darby because that's how I pronounce that word. You would know it as Flashnote Derby if you're on the other side of the pond. So, what is the alternative? You already know that your lessons are jam-packed and you can't add another thing into your lessons. I know that, you know that. So we have to avoid the shiny object syndrome. And we also can't put this iPad app situation into home practice, can we? Realistically. We could ask parents to do this at home and maybe one in 20 will. But most of them won't. And now you have another thing to chase them about or ignore the fact that they're not doing it. Like so many things in piano lessons, if you don't start with the student and what they're learning, then you're just chasing pixies down rabbit holes. You're going after shiny objects. The better approach is to start with the concept first. This is the same way that I create games. I don't think I need to create a new game for vibrant music teaching. So, hmm. A cute theme would be squirrels. And then think, hmm, what could squirrels teach us? Well, that's backwards, isn't it? I begin with a problem. I start with something that I need for my studio or that I know another teacher, another member of VMT needs for theirs. For example, in September last year, I wanted something for my pre-reading newbies and my late beginner students to do side-by-side -side to review landmark notes. So I started with that concept. 
and I wanted to come up with something where one student was answering based on the name of the note, the full name, as I call it. So middle C, treble G, bass F, whatever. And another student could be exploring ledger line landmark notes and then some levels in between. So I started there. And then I came up with the side-by-side cards. And then I thought about the fact I wanted in September. And that's where I got squirrels. Now, you might not arrive at squirrels, but that's not the problem. The point, is it? That doesn't matter. The squirrels are just something to make it fun and give it, yes, some cuteness. Um, in this case, although not all games are cutesy, give it some alignment to the time of year a little bit. But it starts with the concept. And without that as its foundation, it's useless. I mean, what's the point of that game if it's just about squirrels? We're not teaching biology or squirrelology. I'm sure there's a word for that. I should have looked it up. Anyway, that's not what we're teaching. We want to teach landmark notes and we so we put squirrels on top. And though I don't create iPad apps and you might not create games or iPad apps, the sequence is the same. You need to start with a concept or a struggle a student is having. Another way to say this is your student comes first. And we all know that intellectually, don't we? We know that it's about our students learning first, but we don't always act that way. We're all guilty of this because we get excited about something. And don't get me wrong, I think it's important and great that you're excited, but we can't let that distract us from helping our students to learn. So start with the concept you want to teach or the struggle the student is having and then do some research to figure out if there's an app which could help. Now, when I've said this before, teachers often say, yeah, but I don't know what's out there, so I don't even know what possibilities to imagine. And I get that. I I totally know that's true. And it might be true more for you than it is for me because I'm so immersed in the teaching world all day that I do come across apps to the point where I get familiar with them even before using them. So, not all. But I'd still come back to the concept because you might not know what is out there or what way you could possibly teach that. But if you don't have your concepts in mind first, the things that your students currently aren't doing so well with or need more reinforcement for, then any app you come across could be the golden ticket or it could be useless. And you have no idea, you have no way to discern. And trust me, there's no limit of apps out there. And even if you see a new app floating by you on Facebook, if you don't need it right now, you should ignore it. That's what I do, I promise you. I see it going by me and I don't think, oh, I'll just download it and save it for later or I'll bookmark this page. I see it and I think, ah, that's interesting. But I can't think of any way to use that right now. I don't need any extra help teaching whatever is on the app. Landmark notes, let's just continue that example. So if I don't, and my students are great with that concept, and I have wonderful teaching methods that I'm excited about and that I think are really efficient for them learning landmark notes, then adding an iPad app isn't useful for them. So I just let it pass me by. And then maybe later, if I feel I do need an app to review landmark notes for a specific student, I'll go looking. 
and maybe I'll find that app again, or maybe I won't, and I'm totally okay with that, because there'll be another one that a teacher might suggest, and it might be better, it might be worse, but either way, it's not worth the brain space is going to take up in the meantime while I don't need it and don't know when I will need it. So I want to leave you with five questions to assess any iPad app that you come across because some will float by you and you'll want to take a second to assess them, especially if it's a recommendation from a friend or something like that. So question number one is, will my students find this fun and engaging? Question two, What specific concept is this teaching? Question three. Does it teach in a way that is aligned with my curriculum or how I like to teach or my sequencing? Question four. Do my students need extra reinforcement of this concept? And question five. Can I teach this more thoroughly or more efficiently with a game, piece or improvisation? Because I truly believe that if you can teach it better outside of an app, then that is your better option. Technology should not be there for its own sake. And especially when you consider that it's not as exciting for young children who've grown up with it, in and of itself, it doesn't have that excitement factor that maybe we see in it, then maybe something off the screen is going to be a better fit. Your one thing this week is a bit of a tough one. I'm not going to lie. I want you to delete all the apps on your iPad that you downloaded because they looked fun or due to fear of missing out. If you can't think of a way to use it right now, it's just clutter for your iPad and your brain. And by the way, you can always re-download them later by looking in your history in the App Store. I would love to hear your favorite purposeful iPad apps and what they help you teach and the concept behind them. Leave me a comment on the article that goes along with this episode or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Colorful Keys. I'll see you there. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.